Hello and welcome to another episode of the Asian Seller Podcast. I'm your host, Meghla Bharadwaj. And in today's, today's episode, we're going to be talking about Shopify, how you can run and scale a Shopify store on your own. And to talk about this, I've got Thomas from Japan, and he runs his own Shopify store. Hey, Thomas, how are you doing? Hi, thank you. Thank, I'm good. Thanks. Thanks a lot for joining me today. So um, very interesting topic. We haven't talked about Shopify on this podcast before, and a lot of uh, uh, our, our listeners are interested in learning about Shopify. So very interested to um, you know, learn how you've, uh, you're, you're managing your Shopify store. So before that, Thomas, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, uh, what exactly do you do? You, you live in Japan, right? So how did you end up in Japan? How long have you been there? Sure. Tell us your story. Sure. So I, I, I'm originally from France and I came to, to study in Japan at Kyoto University in 2003. And I thought I'd be here for just one year. And I'm still here 17 years after, <laughs> you know. Yeah, basically, you know, after like being in Japan, I wanted to stay one more year to study more Japanese. And then I found a job. And then I got married to a Japanese woman. So I ended up there and I started my business in 2008. Okay. Okay. Awesome. So uh, tell us a little bit about your brand. So it's called Bento and, and Company, right? So what yeah, kind Bento of products? And yeah. Bento and Co. Sorry. Yes. And so what kind of products do you sell? And, you know, how are the products different or unique? Yeah, so we sell Japanese lunch boxes uh, without the food inside. We sell the box and every accessories around it, like you, you all the things you need, like for lunch to go. And uh, we also like sell some uh, a bit some food, some snacks, uh, and uh, a, some kitchenware as well. Okay, I see. So it's basically uh, the bento box that people can take for like school lunches or office lunches. And, exactly yes okay mm. and they come with cutlery and, and everything right yeah chopsticks um okay. bags to wrap them like of course like uh, bottles for for drinks as well okay i see so um where are your products manufactured most of them are made in japan uh so and we have we work about with 40 different suppliers uh okay. in japan um, and, and yeah, most of the bento boxes, I would say like 80% of the one we sell are made in Japan and like mostly like by, you know, craftsmen or like small, medium size, uh, makers, um, from countryside of Japan. So it's a very interesting, uh, world, I would say, and most of them, they don't export at all. So mm. what is unique about our brand is like, we make, we try to make like Japan closer. We, we like, you know, bring like new market to these makers and we are really happy to share this part of uh, Japanese cultures to, to people abroad. Yeah, that's very interesting. And so how are your bento boxes different from, you know, let's say bento boxes available on other websites or by other brands? So we have like a, a quite, first we are like bento boxes specialists. So we have a really large uh, product range, uh, a few hundreds uh, different SKUs just for bento boxes and many so some of them are like really Japanese, really traditional in the in the design, and some of them are like more modern and like practical, like for everyday use. Even if you are not into Japanese cultures, uh, you can find a really nice box for yourself on our website, and uh, that's what makes the difference. You know, we target like both people who love Japanese cultures and people who just want like a nice box uh, to bring, you know, for their kids or like for themselves at work. 
That's interesting. So what materials are these boxes usually made from? So usually, you know, the most particular just made out of plastic, very good quality plastic, uh, made in Japan. So like, they like microwave and dishwasher safe and very easy to, to clean. But we also have some stainless uh, bento boxes made from Thailand or India as well. You know, like because we are bento box and lunchbox specialists also want to introduce some of over Asian uh, uh, different type of um, lunchboxes. And, and also have some uh, products made of wood uh, from Craftsman in Japan. More expensive okay. one, of course. Okay. Yeah, I like um, how you have just focused on one product category and you kind of specialize in that one product category and you're, you know, known, probably known as the experts of the, you know, bento box. So um, do you sell on Amazon as well and Shopify so, both? So mostly Shopify and we have also accounts on, on Shopify, uh, on Amazon, Japan, US and Europe. But actually, since a few, uh, one year now, we don't really use it anymore. Uh, we do want to focus on, on our brands. And Shopify for us is the way to go since the beginning, actually, because, um, you know, I think focusing when, when you want to build like something and we are, when you are on a niche, it's, it's difficult to compete with other sellers sometimes on marketplaces. And being on Shopify make, make it much more easier for us to focus on what we do also on marketing, you know, promoting our products on social media and so on. So yeah, mostly now it's only on Shopify. Okay. And we have four different accounts actually on Shopify. Okay, so when did you start selling on Shopify? How long? In 2008. 2008. So I, okay. yeah, I was actually on the beta test in Shopify in 2006. And I set up like a website for the uh, Japanese company I was working in back then. And so I knew I knew the platform since since the beginning, mm -hmm. and so when I started to figure out what I could do myself, you know, do I wanted to be my own boss. Uh, I was freelance in 2008, and I figured out to started to sell bento boxes because I thought it was like very interesting, a very unique product, and um, and so yeah, I started to sell on Shopify since since then, and using both Shopify and PayPal at that time as the two tools I needed while being in Japan and sell, like to set up like an online store easily without being a developers myself and to get payments using PayPal was still working, uh, was working at the time already in, uh, in Japan to get payment back in US dollars or in euros uh, was okay. So yeah, was easy to, to, to start even 12 years ago. Okay. And so now, um, I mean, of course you have other businesses, but uh, what, what kind of revenue are you doing with, you know, this e-commerce uh, website, with the Shopify website? So it's about, uh, so we do, on Shopify, we do both B2B and B2C. Okay. All right. And uh, revenue is about like 200 million yen, so which is a, a bit less than $2 million per year. Okay. And this is only from Bento and, Com and Co? Yes. Yes. Okay, that's pretty impressive. That's, that's quite good. Um, so then, you know, one of the biggest challenges that people face uh, running a Shopify website is really driving traffic to the site. Uh, because, you know, on Amazon, of course, uh, one of the biggest advantages of selling on Amazon is that there is a buyer traffic over there already. So what do you guys do to drive traffic to your website? So at first, like 12 years ago, it was 
actually it was um was lucky i would say before creating bento and co i was a blogger like for three years like every day i blogged about uh, japan and japanese culture so i've got a I, I, at that time, I used like a platform called TypePad. I'm not sure it exists anymore. <laughs> and uh, every day I've got about like 600 to 1,000 of unique visitors on my blog. Mm. And everyone, of course, they were just interested in Japanese cultures. So that's when I figured, okay, maybe I should do a business about it. And it's when I got the idea of selling bento boxes and kitchenware online. And so basically, every people who read my blog, they just became uh, customers. Mm. So, and also, also like before launching my website, actually, I was talking on my blog about it. So like during like three weeks, every day, I was just writing about like the process of building this Shopify site and, you know, getting stock, taking pictures of the product myself, um, managing, like thinking about how we're going to ship the orders and so on. Every day I was just talking like just freely about that. I didn't hide anything. I just like, okay, I want to sell this. Uh, I'm sure it's going to work. And this is how I will do, even before it, the, everything was ready. And I think it's really important when you want to sell something, when, when, when you have like an interesting idea, it's okay, I think, to share about it. And a lot of people, are, and a lot of online sellers, you know, before starting, they're just afraid of uh, telling too much because they're afraid of other people, like just copying their, like, their own ideas. And maybe it will happen, but I think if you share, like, much more good things will happen to you than, like, you know, bad things that like people are copying you. Because the most important thing is, like, the passion you have and, and all the energy you bring into, into your project. So, you know, I got all these, like, first customers were just people who read my blog. And because I was telling about it, other bloggers talked about it. They said, oh, this, like this French guy in Japan, you know, like starting a Shopify stores and selling bento boxes. And so this just bring over like uh, people interested into, into it. And uh, I, yeah, and so that's how everything start. From the beginning, like all the traffic I got my blogs just helped me to start the, the site. And two hours after I launched a Shopify store, I got my first order with two hours. And I've got orders like every day since, every day since 12 years, thanks to that. So of course now like change, uh, everything changed. Uh, blogging is like not doing so well for us in our niche. Back then, 10 years ago, there's a lot of bloggers uh, in US, in Europe, like blogging about bento recipes and bento boxes. Not the case anymore. Most of them, uh, they just quit blogging or some of them on Instagram. And so now most of the marketing we do is like, we know we use AdWords to bring, bring traffic. And of course, Facebook and Instagram for us. And so okay. it's mostly like pay, pay marketing, right? Uh, but we are still, uh, you know, like working a lot on adding contents in house. So like on the blog for us, uh, our own Instagram, of course, and also on YouTube channel. Okay. So content marketing has been very uh, important for you to drive traffic, right? Yeah, so, since the beginning, yes. Since the beginning, okay. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's a very good point because um, otherwise it gets very difficult to um, you know rank on search results and and uh, really I mean people just don't know who you are, right? I mean there's so many people who just put up a Shopify website with like five products and you know never make a sale at all. So mm -hmm. it's quite incredible what you've done and um, 
I guess. So are you still doing, um, you know, have you built a community as well? Because I think that's also so important, right? When you're building your own brand and when, when, you're, when you have your own products. So how do you build your community and build your audience? Yeah, so 12 years ago, it was much easier to build a community, I think. Even if there's like less people on Facebook or everywhere, it was much easier because it was almost like free to do. Uh, back then, if people remind, like 10 years ago, pages were not a thing. It was only Facebook groups. And we were able like, to build a group on Facebook and to send emails for free to everyone, actually. <laughs> so it was like really, really nice. So uh, we still have, of course, a Facebook page now and, uh, and we can communicate with people. But even if people, you know, like, like a post or like are engaged, I think it's much more difficult now to get people really become like a, a, a fan to a customers than it was like 10 years ago. Now you have to spend money on, on, on it and you have to, you also like compete with so many other like uh, sellers online uh, to get their people times actually. So the community, what we are still like, you know, uh, working on and building since, since 2008 is like every year we do like a contest. Every year since 2009, actually, we have this like international bento contest. And so every year we have a different theme and we ask for people to just uh, make a bento and send the pictures to us. And so... And the first of this contest, the winner, win, we, we offer him like a, a trip to, to Japan, actually, uh, a ticket to, to fly to, 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 to see, to come to visit us in Kyoto. And, um, and so we have done that for like, a, yeah, more than 10 years now. And so every year, you know, we get contents, we get nice, with nice pictures, and we can use these pictures on our website, on our social media. And so we have, you know, hundreds of nice pictures of bento box with food inside. First, we know we build like some people if are interested into Japanese cultures, they can win a, a trip too. So it, it costs, you know, the, the cost of, of the flight is I think uh, uh, quite uh, small comparing to all the uh, media we got like on social media, on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, uh, thanks to, to, to that contest. Wow, that's pretty interesting. So have you also tried things like uh, ManyChat, you know, Facebook, Messenger, ManyChat, those kinds of uh, no, chatbots? No, we, so we have a chat box on our website. And so anytime when we are online, people can contact us uh, for customer support. But we haven't tried that on, on you know, like uh, chat box on Messenger and so on too. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not 100% for that. Uh, you know, like... Best marketing ever is like newsletter. We send like email uh, about our new products and, and, and promotion every week. And, and people, you know, they subscribe to it. They are okay to get it. But like contacting people on Messenger or over like um, chat, it's sometimes you feel why, why people are contacting me like directly like to this. So I think it, do, it doesn't feel well with uh, our, our community and, our, and, and customers. So that's why I, I prefer that we, we pay ads, of course, on, ad, on ad Google, Google Display, and we use social media, like especially Instagram and Facebook. And but like, you know, to get people coming back to a website, uh, since the beginning, emails, email marketing, it, it's, it seems the best solution for us. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
What about videos? Are you increasingly using, you know, video content on your website and also in your marketing? On a, on a YouTube channel since a year and a half, so about two years. Yeah, we, we did much more videos. Uh, we had a lot of videos that were on um, Instagram stories and, uh, and Facebook and Instagram stories and, and the YouTube channel bring a lot of new traffic and make us to, of course, like show uh, in a really nice way, uh, both our products and, and also like some videos about Kyoto, Japanese culture. So people like it. And of course, yeah, I really regret actually it's uh, but we didn't start like a YouTube channel 10 years ago because it could be like so much better now for us to, to, to have be like um, um, more video contents back then. But video is not easy. It costs money to make if you want to make it well. So you really need someone to who understand how to make videos and, and use the light and use a nice camera for it. Right, right. So what percentage of your sales are cross-border and what percentage are domestic in Japan? Uh, online cross-border represent more than 90% of oh, okay. So okay, we, so we have a, a store in Japanese as well, but we don't sell that much uh, in Japan. But we have a brick and mortar store in Kyoto. Oh, okay. And that brick and mortar store is only for bento boxes or is it for other yes. things as well? Yes. Yes. Wow. That's pretty Bento that's pretty box cool. and all the accessories you need around it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Awesome. So how do you manage order fulfillment? So until August 2018, we used to have our stock uh, in the same building as our store and office. And so since two years now, we moved this stock to a free PL uh, in Osaka, not so far from here. And okay. so they manage like, uh, you know, they have our inventories and they, they have an app to connect with Shopify for inventory management. And they use our, the solution we made uh, in-house to, to manage shipping. Okay. And the whole process is automated and seamless, right? So from your Shopify website, it's uh, the, the, when, when there is a sale made on the website, then they are, you know, sent the alert or whatever. And then they, they uh, do the fulfillment, right? There's no manual process involved. Is that correct? Um, so we can choose manually actually to, you know, uh, ship this one or don't ship, don't wait for this one. But so, yeah, we have access here uh, to, uh, to the interface of their warehouse management system. So we can communicate with them like automatically, you know, to ask to ship orders or not. But okay. yeah, they, they made an app. So uh, using connecting with Shopify API, so they get orders information and inventory information from the API. Okay. And we'll talk about your tool that you built, uh, uh, that, that you have ship and go. We'll talk about that in a little while as well, because that's uh, pretty useful for Shopify sellers. So, uh, you know, what are some of the mistakes that you've made along the way, uh, especially related to, you know, um, the Shopify website and marketing the Shopify website? So mistakes, as I said, I think it's really difficult to realize that while you are doing the mistake, it's like a few years after you, I would say, yeah, we should have spent much more energy on, on producing contents on our blogs and, and YouTube channel. That's something I really regret now. And 
also a few years back, I think we spend way too much time uh, managing a Facebook pages instead of spending time on our own website, you know, mm. uh, changing the product on your homepage, uh, adding more contents on your product pages. I think it, it really makes a difference. And, and I think sometimes sellers, I guess, get lost on, and, and spend too much time on like managing social media mm-hmm. instead of managing their own contents. And, you know, like your, your about us page is really important. Just telling what, who you are and what the value of your website are is important, especially when you are a small brand. And, and, and you want to build this community. And also like, you know, giving a lot of information on, on your product page, because it's what you can do when you compare to like Amazon and, and other marketplaces. Like if you sell on Shopify, if you sell on your own website, if, even if it's Magento or WooCommerce, you really need to, 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 to bring like nice pictures of your own products, like pictures you cannot find on Amazon because this is your own website. So you have to bring like nice pictures and, and like contents and maybe tell about like your suppliers about, you know, how this product was made and where it was made and much, much more details to, 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 to just, you know, like to, to have like a, a more uh, small store, like a brick and mortar store uh, feeling I- inside your website, I think is more important because you are not Amazon. So Amazon, they have like nice tool, nice tool and bring traffic to you and you on, on, on a direct uh, uh, sell uh, type of store, you should like bring all this like personality of yourself to your website. Right, that makes sense. So, um, why did you decide to stop selling on Amazon? Uh, first of all, it didn't work that much. Uh, I don't think we have a good exp- experience for for what we do. In Japan, it'd be like really difficult to compete with uh, other like suppliers. Some of the makers we work with actually also like they sell directly on Amazon. So uh, uh, it's nothing we, we can do here. And basically our strategy is not to be the cheapest one. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, you know, it's to bring our own product. So some of the product we sell on Bento & Co, we can find them on Rakuten in Japan or on Amazon, but, but some of course not. And what make uh, our website unique is you can find like a very large uh, range of, of uh, SK user items, you know, about bento boxes and all these accessories around it. And you can, and if you want to buy this one and this one, and this one, it's only on your website, maybe much more difficult even on Amazon. Right, right. So what are some of the best practices, would you say, for running a Shopify store? Uh, so first you have to know, uh, Shopify and Shopify since more than 10 years now is changing quite a lot. Even myself, if I don't look at, you know, the admin every day, there's like always like new features, especially since a couple of years, uh, since they, uh, bring a lot of localization, uh, for like, um, outside of North America market, you know, now you can use Shopify in Japanese, in Chinese in French, in German, in Spanish. So like they really put a lot of effort to, 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 to bring localization to it. But like all the new tools, like to, you know, uh, now you can add like country for origin and HS code to your product. Um, 
you have new way to manage shipping as well. It's, I think it's really important to uh, look at Shopify and everything is quite logical. You just need to spend a little bit of time to understand how it works. And many times you don't need a different an app to add to Shopify. Uh, you can manage settings the way you want uh, to, to start to sell. And I think it's also very important to, instead of thinking about, I want to do that. So let's see how it works inside Shopify. First of all, you see Shopify works that way. So maybe you should adapt your, your, uh, the way you want to sell, the way you want to, 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 to manage the design of your, your theme, uh, the way Shopify brings it to you. Because they made a very good job at making the things like easy and simple. And I think if you adapt yourself to the way Shopify works, it makes things easier for your customers. Right. But if you have used Magento like for five years, maybe, maybe you, have like a, you have a tricky way <laughs> to think about stuff and that's not good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what kind of product categories do you think uh, should sellers consider when they are doing their own Shopify store? I mean, it looks like your product, I mean, you're very specialized and it's a very niche market. So do you think these kinds of niche products where there is a fan base uh, where there are people passionate about a certain thing, do you think those kinds of categories do better on a Shopify, uh, you know, standalone store? Uh, I guess it really de depends on then how you, you do marketing and if you have like a community around it or not. But I have a good example of people I know, uh, foreign sellers in Japan, using a Shopify to do kind of like Amazon, like to 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 to. Basically, to, to offer on a Shopify store everything you can find in a, in a, in a drugstore on a supermarket in Japan. Mm. And, a, you know, like all commodity products. And, and here, it's still kind of a niche because it's all what you can find only in Japan, only in the drugstores. But it's like very large as well. So, of course, like all the beautiful Shopify stores you can find are like brands, you know, like brands who sell directly to their customers. So like D2C is really big uh, on Shopify. And of course it, well, it works well because if you have something nice, people will talk about it and they can do your website and uh, it will work. But yeah, I mean, you can use Shopify even like um, if you want to sell, um, uh, you know, uh, like a very large catalog, it works as well. If you, it works as well for B2B and, um, and they have really powerful tool for B2B uh, uh, on Shopify as well. Okay. So let's say someone wants to start a Shopify store today. Um, you know, first of all, how many products do you think they should start with? I mean, is there, you know, like a, sort of a benchmark you should have at least, you know, five SKUs or 10 SKUs to start with, or does know. it not matter? It doesn't matter. You know, like uh, there's uh, some brands started with just one product, but if you have a one powerful product that you, something you, you, you thought about it, something bringing like some uh, really good stuff. I, I don't remember like, but this may be like a tripod for iPhone. Like for example, we have a very nice design and, and you saw see on the Kickstarter, you know, some people will think about one product on, and launch it on Kickstarter and then they sell, start selling on Shopify. It works well as well. So yeah, you can start with just one SKU or like a thousand 
know, 5,000. Yeah, it's, uh, it's okay. Um, okay. And what other advice would you have for someone who is thinking of starting a Shopify store today? I will say we should definitely go for it. Um, Shopify offers like, uh, many ways to start for cheap, actually. And if you open like a developer account, you can uh, play around with Shopify store just to see how it works uh, without you know, launching it uh, publicly. But you, you can uh, play around, uh, work on the design yourself and, and see how it works first before launching it officially. Okay, awesome. Okay, so tell us a little bit about your service, Ship and Go. Um, what, is, what is it exactly and how does it help sellers? So Ship and Go, we made it for ourselves first. Uh, basically, we, we needed to, to ship orders every day uh, from our office with Japan Post, DHL, FedEx, UPS. And uh, we have customers in many different countries. So every time, you know, we get orders, we got the shipping address, and if you want to put the shipping address into DHL or FedEx, what do you do? The only solution we have is just copy and pasting uh, addresses. So when you have like 50 to 100 orders a day, you're gonna spend hours in front of your computer just to you know copy and pasting. Or maybe some of carriers they have like you know they can you can upload a CSV, but still it's not it's not it's not the best way to do. So we wanted to just uh, take. Uh, you know, the chance of using Shopify API, which is really powerful, and connect Shopify API with DHL and FedEx APIs. So by doing so and having Ship and Co in the middle, we get orders data from Shopify and we send this data to, to DHL, for example, and we get the tracking numbers and we get the shipping labels to print and boom, that's all. So we did that for ourselves about four years ago and first connecting uh, Shopify with Japan Post, DHL, FedEx, UPS. And then we started to launch this uh, solution to over, uh, to over Shopify sellers. Actually, now we connect with Shopify, with eBay, with Amazon, uh, with Rakuten, Yahoo in Japan, Magento, WordPress, PrestaShop. And, and we also have uh, Ninjavan in, in Southeast Asia working with us. Uh, SF Express, ECMS as well, Austria Post, French Post. So we connect with many different platforms and, and, and carriers in Japan, but also like in Southeast Asia and now in Europe. Okay. So Ship and Go, basically, if I've understood it correctly, it takes the, uh, the customer's information from Shopify and then sends it to your DHL or whatever uh, courier account you're using or fulfillment company that you're using to that account so that you can sh print your shipping labels and everything easily, right? Exactly. So on, on Ship and Co. Uh, interface, you get your orders from your stores. Mm -hmm. Could be a one or two stores or five stores. If you sell on five Amazon stores and uh, one Shopify, it's okay. We can get all this data on, on Ship and Co. interface and from Ship and Co., then you can, uh, let's say you have one DHL and one FedEx account, you can compare shipping rates from your account and, and then print, print the shipping labels you want. And then we, we, the tracking numbers is sent back to, the, to our store, to Amazon or, or to Shopify. It changes the status uh, of your orders. Uh, your customers get the shipping notification with tracking numbers. So is this all automated or do you have to like, do something manually as well? Yeah, I just need to click on the button to, to print the shipping. Label. So once you have so like, the yeah, orders. Two clicks, yeah. yes. 
two yeah. clicks. <laughs> so how is Ship and Go different from you know other similar solutions like Easy Ship is another one, right? Yeah. So how are you different yes. from Easy Ship? So first, like our main business model is is different because we do not sell uh, cheap shipping rates, right? So okay. the sellers they use their own DHL, their own Japan Post, their own FedEx accounts, their own Japan account. So we don't want to compete with carriers actually, and they really don't like that actually. They don't like solution who just promote themselves, have, get the cheap rates, compare with other carriers, and and get shipped down. Because when you do that, first of all, as a solution, you need to be in charge of, of shipping and, and, and if, you know, so we don't do that. We connect your stores with your carriers. And because we have this experience to sell on Shopify for 10 years, we, we made it for ourselves. So you know, we know what, how the UI should be for people working in the warehouse. And uh, that's where I think our difference is, you know, business model, we don't sell cheap rates. You use your career. So we, uh, we target more like mid-size, large size sellers. Uh, we already have an account with DHL, for example. And, and also we, we thought a lot about the UI and to make it super easy uh, for people uh, who prepare orders and work in the warehouse. Okay. So what kind of customers do you have for Ship and & Go and in, in mostly in which countries? So mostly in Japan because it's where we started. Okay. And uh, I think we have about half of sellers who do cross-border, half of sellers who just do domestic within Japan. Uh, we have a lot of sellers on Shopify, obviously, because Shopify App Store make it easy for us to market our app. Uh, but we also have a lot of sellers in Japan on eBay uh, so 100% of them sell cross-border, of course. Uh, and of course, uh, Amazon on Amazon marketplaces in Japan, US, Europe. And we get more and more like uh, Shopify sellers in Singapore, in Malaysia, in Thailand as well, in, 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 in Europe and Canada. Okay. That is cool. That is cool. Um, okay, that was really good, Thomas. So, um, can you tell people how they can get in touch with you, like uh, where to get more information about Ship and Go, and in case anyone wants to buy a bento box, <laughs> where do they find your website? Well, yeah, so bentoandco.com, uh, shipandco.com as well, and anyone free to contact me at thomas at shipandco.com or thomas at bentoandco.com. Okay, cool. I'll put the links in the show notes and the email address in the show notes as well. And I'm awesome. really happy to share, you know, the story about Shopify and 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 question about logistics uh, for Japan. Uh, we are thinking actually to 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 launch as well a fulfillment service uh, for sellers here. So, okay, fulfillment service uh, like a three PL kind of um, service. Yeah, everything automatized for Shopify sellers in Japan. Okay. Both okay. domestic and international cross-border. Awesome. Okay, well, Thomas, thank you so much for your time and for sharing all of thank this uh, great information. And I hope to thank see you. you in Singapore soon. <laughs> yes, I will. I will be there soon. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Bye.